helping realtors on Vancouver Island stay connected, current, and on the cutting edge. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. Here's your host, Braden Wheatcroft. Good morning, everyone. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Braden Weecroft. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's live or after the fact, or you're listening to this on the podcast or reading about it on our blog. We just appreciate you being here and hearing what we have to say. We have a fantastic episode for you today. I've got a good friend of mine uh, that I know through the Richard Robbins Coaching Network here today. And we're here to talk about whether or not the business model of being the gatekeeper of the information is long gone. If you haven't been paying attention, there's been a ton of different changes in the last uh, 90 days in the real estate market, both nationally as well as provincially uh, here in British Columbia. One of the interesting announcements that was made in early October was the board of directors for CREA had actually announced that they are going to be making sold data public nationwide. Now, it's not a flip of the switch. There's still some things that need to happen. Um, but basically, board by board, province by province, this information is going to become available to the public. Now, many people are in the camp of, hey, this is great. Let's inform and empower our consumers. And then, of course, there's other people who say, geez, what are they going to need realtors for? Are, you know, they need to come to us to get the data. Now, personally, uh, where I weigh in is somewhere in the middle, I guess I would say, is that I, I don't think that our value is being the gatekeepers of the information. I think that time was long ago. Uh, but our guest today is going to be able to confirm that or deny it even better than anyone because he is working in Nova Scotia where sold data has been available to the public for many years. Our guest today, Peter Brower, is a, a licensed agent with Royal LePage Atlantic. He's got uh, 19, 20 years of experience. So uh, Peter's not only seen the introduction of sold data, he's also seen the introduction of internet in the business, uh, MLS online. I'm going to ask him about uh, when's the last time he saw an MLS catalog. But with all that being said, we're going to have a great conversation around what is the value of being a realtor? You know, does the sold data impact our business model? How can we continue to help and serve clients? So with all that being said, please join me in welcoming Mr. Peter Brower to the show. Peter. How are you? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. I'm so pumped for you to be here. Awesome. So is our business model obsolete? Um, well, I'm, I'm living proof that it's not. So, it, um, so everybody can relax a little bit. Any of the folks who were worried that they were going to be obsolete the minute that the data came out, um, rest assured, if you've got a good foundation, if you have a good, strong business model, you're going to be as successful, if not more successful than ever. Fair enough. I appreciate that. That's a, that's a great way to lead into our conversation. So as I said in your introduction, you've been in the business for 20 years. So you've, you yourself have seen a lot of change. Um, can, can you tell us, walk us a little bit through some of the, the, the keystone changes that you've seen uh, in the time that you've been in the business? So, I mean, obviously, as you say, I've been at it a long time. When I first got into the business, um, I'll give you a, a, a quick version of it. Um, sure. MLS catalogs were uh, the norm and they were this this thick. I cannot, don't know if you can actually see it. Um, and they, we, we were the gatekeepers of all of the data. Um, and those things were gold because, you know, you, you'd only give it to the client who was worthy of of receiving the the the, the data, um, and um, and they they came out on a weekly basis, and they were the bible that that everybody um, really subscribed to at the time. Um, 
we very quickly we used a DOS system MLS uh, um, database that we switched over to, and I was a big proponent of that. Um, I was one of the first guys with a cell phone. I didn't believe in papers, and people thought I was one, way ahead. Was it one of those big blocks? Yes, I had one of those. Those were fantastic. I was a, I was a rock star. Then I had a flip phone, and I would, people were like, "My God, this guy! I don't know how we're going to keep up with him." Um, and and I remember, I think it was my second year in the business. I remember asking one of our front desk staff because we shifted over to this really sophisticated DOS system as to how many photos we could use, and uh, because everybody only used one photo, and uh, and she said, "Well, you can use." you can have seven photos but they cost a dollar each um and <laughs> to those. A dollar each. so i went to i went to a seven photo system um and uh, that differentiated me at the time and and uh, we started actually selling some stuff over the internet so obviously we've come a long long ways from from there um now obviously you know, we're shooting live video, we're using social media, you know, we're integrating these things and, and it's a much, much more sophisticated market, but also much more sophisticated folks that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and it's interesting, sorry, I'm taking over um, and I don't mean to, but the, the soul data is part of that, Brayden. You know, it, yeah. it um, we, we, um, it's the, the, the clients have it at their fingertips and it, right. The, the long and the short of it is is um, what we've seen is that those folks are using it as a great starting tool when they do when they're starting their searches. Right. Well, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about the nuances, uh, you know, challenges and benefits of, of of the changes. Now, when I was doing my research about this, um, the first time I actually heard about Nova Scotia having um, as a province, they're being sold data available was actually probably four or five years ago. I had a, a couple of clients who were moving their family from Nova Scotia out to Vancouver Island, and, and they were just perplexed that that they didn't have access to sold data here. They just thought it was really strange because they were they had become accustomed to having that. Now, in my research, there was an organization at the time called Viewpoint, which I understand has actually evolved from just a website portal to now actually a real estate brokerage. But can correct me if I'm wrong. That's mostly where the sold data is currently available in your province. Is that right? So yeah, Viewpoint was an early adapter to this. They they were ahead of the curve and they created a really user friendly website that allowed folks to easily from a from a basically map down view see the listings that were on the market, what they had sold for previously. Um, and at the time, that was a really great system. Um, what was fascinating is because when the change came over, that all of a sudden the data was out. There really was, to be fair, a lot of concern um, because it was a massive change to how folks thought business was going to be done. Um, but really what, what actually happened was that folks started using that information to become more educated. Um, Viewpoint was a, is, is fascinating to me because these guys opened up all the data and to, to be blunt, they, they were unable to monetize the sharing of the data. Um, and, and that leads me to, to a, a point where if you can't monetize the sales data um, and the price data, then how much value does it really have? And it really begs that question because it's one component of what we do is, okay, what's a house worth? But if we all just basically bought based on what the price of a property was, we just find the cheapest one and we just click on that one. That's the one that we buy. And buy now. That just, so it just sounds ridiculous, doesn't it, Brayden? I mean, that's it. And what we're what we find is that 
when you really start asking the question, and this is what this forces you to do, what's my value proposition? And yeah. if you say, I'm the gatekeeper of the price, well, then I'm afraid that you know you should dig out your beeper and your and your or your flip phone, your old catalog. Yeah. You should probably retire. Has a, an old brick cell phone for sale. He'd like to sell you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it, it it because what it you really start asking the question is what what do we you know where's our value and our value obviously does come with our expertise protecting our clients pricing properly um, and and putting in basically mitigating risk but um, but what was fascinating to get back to viewpoint Braden is that these guys had to literally switch to a brokerage model in order for them to capture the leads effectively and to try to transfer those leads by taking those potential buyers and turning them into clients so um, it took them three or four years to get to that so it tells you how difficult it is um, to just base base a business on price alone fascinating and then just quickly so how many years ago uh peter was it when when you first saw viewpoint um before they were a brokerage they were they had this the website with the sold data you roughly how many years ago that was it was about 2010 and it was fascinating for me Braden, because I've, we've been at it so long that i, I was like i i knew you were going to ask me this question so I had to go and I went around our office and we have about 230 people and a lot of old timers like me and none of them could remember the exact date. So that tells you how long it was. And then we have the newer folks who've been in the business who, who never knew any different, but say 2010. Um, and that's, that's a, a pretty effective start off point. Wow. That's, that's so that's interesting. Now, can you think back to 2010 then, um, was it disruptive to your business? Like there, there was a moment where you'd go into a CMA and the sellers would really, they'd have a vague idea of what homes were listed for, but they didn't know what they sold for. Enter Viewpoint uh, website at the time, you know, say 2011, like were you finding there, it changed your conversations with clients? Was it good? Was so, it bad? Like what, what was it like? Great, great question, Braden. What we found was that our client was more prepared for us. So anybody who wanted to do their homework, they were able to look up the solds in the area over the last six months or a year. So that when we started, we didn't start from zero. So we had a much easier time to start an effective conversation around pricing of the property because it was no longer us telling them or us showing them. They already had the base knowledge. So it it we no longer, no, we still have the experience from time to time that somebody believes that the value of their house is, is different um, you know, because of their love for that house, which I understand. But uh, it became this, much more Peter, that's always been the case. <laughs> and it always will be. You yeah. know that. And it's yeah. our job. It's our job yeah. to overcome that, right? And yeah. you know, we have clients who have five layers of Benjamin Moore paint and extra heavy duty yeah. nails. And you know, just because their home is a cookie cutter one, it's 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 different, right? It's and, so, and, but this helps Braden, right? To yeah. to be frank, because you're starting. It's not us telling them. It is basically, well, let's take out the sold data. Well, we know all that sold data. We go through it together. And so it it basically in started instead of starting at zero when it came to pricing, maybe we started at seven out of ten, um, and we were able to to have a better conversation. On the flip side, we also had buyers who had more knowledge. So they understood neighborhoods better. They The selling cycle with the buyer becomes much shorter because they see what's available, they see what's sold. So when they're coming to me, they already have a much broader picture um, of what they want, what to expect. Um, so from that side, it was a real benefit as well.
Wow, that's that's interesting. I want to hear a little bit more about buyers. And it reminds me, there's a quote that I, I don't know exactly the source of it, but it's something that I've been saying a lot uh, recently because of all the conversation with Korea sold and, and Zillow and all that. And it's that consumers are starving in information uh, or, and or sorry, they're drowning in information and starving for wisdom. Like there is there is so many people out there that have hundreds of data points and they they don't really know what to do with them. And it's our job to be able to filter out the noise and, and be able to have an informed and intelligent conversation with them and show them uh, what's actually relevant and what it means. Um, now, I, in my research for this particular interview, I, I was looking at the REM article that actually gave me the original content idea. And it talked about Korea's board of directors making the decision to, to make this uh, public. And one of the things I, I love doing is reading the thread, the comment thread in articles like this. And holy man, I'm telling you, if you want to find some pretty um, interesting points of view from practitioners in our industry. You should go and read the article and then read the comments below. But what I can synthesize from it is there are a lot of realtors out there who are feeling threatened by this decision to, to make the information public. What would you say to them? Like if you have, you were having coffee with a buddy and you know, they're a professional, right? And you know that they mean well, and they want to help, but they're really feeling like this is going to be a, a, a gut punch to their business. What would you say? I I don't know if, if it's just serendipity, but I, I basically, as prepping for this, I went around and I talked to a couple of the old timers. And one of the old timers, he, he, he had done exactly this. He had basically written a long letter to NSAR, which is our Nova Scotia Association of Realtors, you know, before this change happened and, and just really protesting it, you know, and quite frankly, he's eight doors down, you know, has a thriving business now, you know, all these years later, um, nothing changed in his business. And that's what's so striking is, is it, it is the fear of the unknown, Brayden. And that's what yeah. this is. You know, that's all that this comes down to. It's change. And if, if, you know, if you don't embrace change, yes, of course, you're going to fall by the wayside. If you're going to understand that, that this is only a really small component of what our overall service package is, then you're going to be fantastic. And you're going to be okay. So this is it. If you feel good about how you interact with folks, how you're what your service delivery is, what your relationships are with folks, um, then you're going. You're, it will not negatively impact your business at all. I will also mm -hmm. say this: if you're an early adapter, you can have a fantastic advantage because you can use the sold data, and then you can share it with your lifetime clients that you've had for mm -hmm. all of these years. So you can create and integrate that into your marketing package to your past clients. And they're going to they're going to see some additional value to this, something they've never seen before. You, and you sharing it openly, it's going to give you it's going to it's one of those things that the minute that you adapt and if you adapt early, you're going to be very effective and you're going to have a little bit of an advantage. So think of it from a business First, perspective. Where's my opportunity? That's that's really great advice. Thank you. Um, one. And I don't want to make this the doom and gloom show and and talk about only about concerns. But you know, I think it's important. Um, you know, again, a fear was it false evidence, false evidence appearing real, right? So shining a light on this and talking about it hopefully will shift this from being negative to shifting it to something that's just again about the facts. Uh, for sale by owners, okay. I mean, 
every consumer has the right to buy or sell their house privately if they choose to. Uh, it's on us as an industry to make sure that they can clearly see, see the value in, in hiring a professional to represent them through that transaction. Now, one of the uh, common concerns in that thread I was telling you about was, oh my goodness, for sale by owners, you know, companies like, uh, well, I actually am not sure I'm allowed to mention names of specific companies on here or not. Um, but regardless, what do you think? Do you see for sale by owners being something that is going to all of a sudden be a rampant uh, thing happening? Like what happened in Nova Scotia? So I can only speak to that. To, to that. I'm going to say anecdotally, but the reality was this. So before the sales data and before the the these guys, um, sorry, to, 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 to explain it clearly, I used to drive around neighborhoods looking for FISBO signs. And because what I was looking for was for buyer clients of mine, and I would try to find them, but I couldn't find them online anywhere, Braden. And the point that I'm leading to is this, instead of there being more FISBOs, the FISBOs that had their signs in the lawn that I didn't have the data for, all of a sudden they came online. So, and they were easier to access because I had information, I had the ability to access that FISBO now because their, yeah. their data was online and they were already offering either a cooperating commission or not a cooperating commission. And it actually brought the data in versus segment that market out even further and create a much larger market segment of FISBOs. We, and again, I'm saying it anecdotally because it's still such a small fringe part of the market and, and I, I'm not diminishing it but I think our FISBOs are still less than five percent right um, okay. and so it, it I don't think that that's ever changed again the only thing that it's done is it's it's allowed me not to have to jump in my car to go drive through them neighborhood by neighborhood to try to find them now I find them on my database Fair enough. I, I That's a good point of view. And so it sounds to me, it's not as if, I mean, if it's gone from 3% to 5% or maybe it's seven, it's not as if uh, over overnight you saw everyone hiring a realtor to no one's hiring a realtor. That's just simply not been the case. And, and the other thing that I would I would add on top of that, Braden, and maybe you're going to get to it, um, yeah. are what I call our, our, um, our discount providers, you know, basically yeah. the flat the flat fee guys, sure. um, they continue to not thrive in our marketplace. So it tells us that folks are looking for something more than just price. And the, in, yeah. in the service delivery vehicle that we have, they're looking for a full service package. Um, and yeah. it, it, that was the one thing that I would say, if anything, Brayden, that I was worried about, that, that maybe everybody's basically, we're going to go to a commodity-based practice where everybody lists their house and it's xyz and it's it's no name brand and 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 that was absolutely if i had a fear that was my fear because sure. it, um i i wasn't going to be able to uh distinct to, to distinguish myself from my competition anymore but the reality mm -hmm. was that people were looking for they're looking for much more they're looking for us to protect them to care about them to promote their interests to fully inform them, to guide them through that largest financial decision of their lives. And that is not based on, oh, this guy was a nickel cheaper. Um, it's based on our, our relationship with those folks. That's absolutely uh, spot on, I think, as well. Um, 
we, we've already addressed it, but I just want to circle back and make sure. So if we're giving sort of an action plan for, for the realtors who are watching this. So what have, would you say some of the biggest challenges have been um, both on the buyer side and seller side? And then what are some of the biggest benefits? Um, I've heard you talk about challenge being sometimes homeowners think their home is not worth what it is based off the sold data. I think we've addressed that that's kind of the case regardless. Uh, and then the benefit of working with buyers, I made a note here, is that you found it actually sped up the process working with them. So that's great. Are there any other, say, challenges or benefits that you think we, we should illuminate for our audience who are preparing for this in their market? I think the the, the biggest fear is is that initial fear itself of the change um, and and being um, being inflexible to to that change. So that's the right. uh, the one thing that I that I found um, and. It is it was just so striking that it had no effect on things that, like if we look at our data, 2010, 2011, 2012, we were selling about 6,000 houses, 6,000 units a year in our marketplace. That just didn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, the So what would I say? Okay, one, don't fear it. Two, look for your advantage in, in, in the opportunity of the fact that change is coming. Um, yeah. In... in um, Make sure, I'll say this, make sure you're really well informed. Because if your yeah. client knows more about the neighborhood than you do, I I won't say the word, but you're screwed. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's like Thanks, because, Peter. It's a family program. You know, I appreciate this is, this that. Is what it is. No, be, and it's a very real thing. If you have yeah. if you do make sure you get your CMA right because you can't BS anybody. So yeah. And, and it's the same on the buying side. So, you know, make sure that when you're, when you're serving folks, that if you're not an expert in the market that you're, that in the market analysis that you're doing, or the informed seller guide that you're creating for your client, make sure you take the extra time that you go through and you find those best comparables and you find that secondary list because they will find that secondary list that basically that outlier, this one is $55,000 more than everything else and mine is just like that one. You have to be ready for that objection, Braden. Um, so that's that. That's really it. Um, it. It takes, I'll say this, it takes the imposters out of the market. Well, I can get behind that all day long, Peter. That's that's great. I mean, bringing everything into the light, uh, operating with transparency, helping people accomplish the goals that they want to accomplish, not what you want. I mean, these are all things that I think are, are good for our industry. Uh, and And also worth noting, there have been a tremendous amount of people who have been operating like this the entire time. I just think, as you say, this this squeezes out some of the people who maybe aren't as prepared to to operate at the high level of professionalism. Um, you've mentioned a few things you've woven into this conversation about your value proposition. And it's just, you're, you're so uh, good at nailing it down. Um, can you tell us like, how do you see your value prop as a realtor? You're not the gatekeeper of the information. When you people say, why do I hire you? Um, what do you say to them? So the reality is this, is that our role is a trusted advisor. That if it, that's how I see myself, and my job is to promote and protect my client, even against themselves. So, th- and this is really important because you mentioned and alluded to look, there's lots of data in front of people, they don't know how to interpret it. And it is our job to help those folks interpret that data if they're in a position where said they have they see it all in front of them. They don't yeah. understand how to package it all together. So that's one of the the, the, the responsibilities that, that 
I have. But when, from a value pr perspective, promote and protect your clients and, and serve your client. Um, it's an easy thing to say, but that is what our role is. What are our clients' needs? Um, and always put them first. If we're going to do that, then we're going to be successful in serving them. And if we're successful in serving them, then we're going to have success ourselves. So um, that's been my basis of it. When I can, I won't go into the ABCs. These are the these are the seventeen things that I do for a client because sure. any good realtor should be able to do. It. If you want me to, Brayden, I will. Um, you know, but it it uh, we'll um, save that for another episode. How about okay, that? Okay, buddy. So that, that, that's great because um, and, and what I would say is is one of the things that for me that that I take pride in is I try to do everything, you know, uh, two, three, four percent better um than yeah. my competitors if i possibly can and that does yeah. create a different value proposition for your client because you're going to create a different set of outcomes for those folks um but i won't go into the menu show of them sure sure and i think you and i both heard uh our, our friend richard robbins say talk about the slight edge advantage a number of times right that, you just that, need to be slightly better than the next competition and i would say this you know it's it's funny because it's an exciting time for me if i was in your marketplace i'd look at this now because i embrace change when change is in when change is coming this is an opportunity like i'd look at this as a fantastic opportunity so it it, mm -hmm. it it's actually it, for the doom and gloomers you know and <laughs> yeah they're you know and they're sitting in their coffee shop going things are changing as they read their you know their real newspaper um you know they're with their flip phones um yeah, yeah, maybe it's time to retire. But for everybody else, um, I think uh, this is a, this is not going to hurt you. That's a great outlook. Okay, so let's let's put our coaching hats on for a second. Then, so uh, you said it. You know, you're you're excited. You you know, you almost want to buy a plane ticket and move out here and, and be part of the uh, first movers advantage. So, if you were coaching me, I've got my real estate business here on Vancouver Island. Um, you know, I, I've established it over over you know eight, nine ten years, and I'm looking at this change. What are some of the things that you'd say? Here's how you actually capitalize and be a first mover with the sold data. So knowing that I'm going to have this whole data, um, the first thing that I would do is I would reach out to the clients that I've served in the past um, because it gives us a great opportunity to chat with them. And it may be, you know, via bomb bomb video, it may be a phone call, um, it may be a mail out. Um, now, the most effective way, of course, is one-on-one, -on -one, um, as we know. And, and, and so I would focus much more on the, you know, the, I'd call them up, I mean, that seems old fashioned, um, but I would I would touch base with them and say, hey, look, things are changing. I want to let you know that things are changing because the day, the sole data is going to come out now and everybody's going to have that information. Now, you you might be wondering how that impacts you because, you know, you're going, people are going to know what your house sold for in the past. Um, and yeah. it gives you an opportunity to have that conversation with those folks, establish yourself as an expert um, mm -hmm. as and that will then turn into a different dialogue um, and that so that gives you all of those opportunities to to inform your past clients which is really our duty to do um, and I know that business will come from that every time that you're with folks one-on-one -on -one, that opportunity is there then let's look at the other things that we can do because folks are going to be curious about this so they're they are going to say so those folks who are, who are curious about getting this additional information 
maybe you can be the, the purveyor of making that information easy and smooth and constant for them and create create relationships with new folks that way. So say I took that plane ticket and I went, came over to, to your marketplace, which I tell you what I would do. Um, I would go, I'd, I'd find a condo, I'd plunk myself in the middle of the city. I would draw a circle around it. I would take the buildings that I liked the most, and I would start working those folks and working the sales, the, the sold data, sharing it with them, start establishing myself as an expert. And I'd be an expert in your market in about three months. And you might say, Peter, you're nuts. But I wouldn't be because I have all that data. And I'm the first one sharing it with those folks. Well, everybody yeah. else is, I'm not telling you this, right? And I'm the first guy that is, right? And it's like, yeah. wow, that Peter Brower, he's awesome. You know, all these <laughs> East Coast I mean, they're kicking our butts. That's what yeah. would happen. I gotta tell wow. you, that's you know, that's what you do. That sounds like a challenge, man. Well, right, well, well, let's let's do a a, a house swap, and uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see who can get to a hundred before. <laughs> well, well, all right, it's it's yeah. it's a little harder to do a hundred here, by the way. So oh, it's, okay. whoa, it, it's um, it's it's. I don't know if it is actually. You guys have a whole set of challenges that we don't have. Um, but what I'll say is, we're much we're far past this particular challenge. Um, but if I was coming there, I would absolutely use this as a, as a point to of differentiation. Man, that's that's awesome. I I, uh, I appreciate the the insights. Now, is, is there anything else that you want to say to you know because who knows this this might be hundreds of people watching maybe thousands of people <laughs> canada eventually um is there any last words of encouragement you want to share with anyone um whether you're talking to the doom and gloomers and you're trying to coach them up or you're just talking to the you know like-minded ambitious people like yourself that are looking for the opportunity is there anything else that needs to be said about our consumers buyers and sellers having access to sold data um the only thing that i would do is i would summarize is that we've been through it um, which takes the risk out of it for you. Um, and I can only share you with you my experience. I think it's going to make the process more transparent and therefore it's going to increase our, our trust with the folks that we work with. And there's going to be opportunities that come from this. Um, if you're willing to embrace change, then this is an opportunity for you. If you're not willing to embrace change, then perhaps this is this is definitely an opportunity to deselect. Um, because if you don't embrace this, um, then you're going to look really old-fashioned really fast. Um, that's it, Braden. Um, really, truly, um, I, I've said it a few times here. There is no risk. Um, there is only risk in this if you choose to both either ignore it um, or not embrace it. Wow. Powerful stuff, Peter. Thank you. You know, I, um, I, I've had the pleasure of knowing you now for about two or three years. And, and it started off from afar because I, I think I, the first time I saw you was actually you, you spoke at a Richard Robbins conference. And I have to say, the more I've gotten to know you, the thing I really appreciate about you the most is like you got 20 years of experience. You could easily be one of those old school uh, flip phone, you know, down and out doom and gloom guys, but you're actually like, I've watched your business from afar. You're, you're embracing video. Um, you're, you're trying to innovate. You're always keeping up. So I love the fact that you're, you're not resting on your laurels. You bring in that experience, but you're also testing and measuring all the new latest and greatest. So that that's a powerful combination, man. Good for you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I'll, and I'll just put in a quick plug for Richard Robbins because I mean he's the in, he he is the instrument. You know, I had um, I I had a client uh, event two Saturdays ago, and we had um, I'm, I'm basically building a um, a, a big um, I'm going to say big network around where I live, and I had over 800 people at that event. So um, it was it was wow. nuts, and um, and 
it 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 um so i it, i would have never ever have done that if i hadn't embraced change um and if i hadn't uh, taken on professional coaching because i think we always need somebody to be accountable to so i know it's a different conversation but you know yeah. i do want to thank richard robbins because they uh, uh they've been amazing to me and i'm very grateful for it and that's how i met you and i'm grateful for that as well thanks man i appreciate it i'm i'm uh, grateful for you too here uh webcam hug okay buddy <laughs> that's enough of that i'm an introvert all right all right i'll talk to you soon man thanks so much okay, for your time. see you okay. later bye all right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, or in this case, John Cooper. Um, appreciate you uh, coming out, watching this, or if you're catching this on the uh, uh, on the backside when we re, uh, repurpose it and edit it and put it out there uh, later. Um, that's Peter Brower, Nova Scotia, Halifax Realtor, working with Soul Data with buyers and sellers who have access to Soul Data for sounds like multiple years and. Uh, embracing it, thriving in it, loving every minute of it. In fact, he wants to come in and challenge me and, and put me out of business here in Victoria and, and be a first mover. So really exciting stuff. Hopefully you found this uh, empowering, engaging, uh, enlightening, whatever. Um, but I think this is a big piece uh, for us to take and talk and let's keep the conversation going. If you think your value proposition is being the gatekeeper of the information, give me a call because we need to really talk about how you're going to continue to stay relevant in this market for the next five to 10 years and beyond. Um, Peter, uh, you just wove in beautifully a number of different items there about how he sees himself as a professional, the value he brings to the table. Uh, and it's great stuff. So I know I'm going to be rewatching this to learn more from Peter. I hope you do the same. And thank you as always for tuning in. We'll probably be back next week. I don't know. We don't have a guest book yet. I guess I got to get around to doing that, but you know that uh, we'll be back with fresh content very, very soon. All right, guys, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Bye for now.